In turbulent economic times, with TikTok-paced changes and trends, brands must pivot or die to stay relevant. In each episode, we explore brands who made successful pivots and those who didn't. This is Pivot or Die, How Brands Make It. Don't lie to me. You've been in a bad place before where you knew you needed therapy, but thought to yourself, eh, therapy is just a little too pricey. I'm going to hold off on this for now. We've all been there. I've been there. That's where BetterHelp steps in. BetterHelp is an online platform that promises cheaper, more accessible therapy online. Sounds like a godsend, right? You may have heard your favorite podcaster promoting them, or maybe even seen one of their ads on YouTube. They seem to be everywhere, but lately it's not for a great reason. BetterHelp is in a lot of trouble. What's behind this rapid market capture and now rapid falling reputation? How did BetterHelp go from being the Robin Hood of therapy, democratizing access to mental health services, to their reputation as basically a scam today? Allegedly a scam. By the end of this episode, you'll know exactly what to avoid in order to avoid BetterHelp's fate and how we'd recommend getting out of it. BetterHelp seems to have come out of nowhere, but really it started back in 2013. The business was acquired by Teladoc in 2015. From there, it had this slow and steady rise to fame, and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. And that's when things got big for BetterHelp. Mental health issues were at an all-time high, We were all freaking out. There was a pandemic, along with a mental health crisis. I remember myself trying to get an appointment with my therapist, and I absolutely could not. There was no way that I was getting in. Just the sheer shortage of therapists was probably a huge contribution to BetterHelp's rise in market share. In many regions across North America, you honestly couldn't even go to your therapist. So online therapy was an easy sell. But even before the pandemic, BetterHelp was using huge celebrities, YouTubers, influencers to promote their brand. There's many videos about this. PewDiePie did a great one. And it makes sense. Mental health services are something that can help. It's not really something you second guess as a creator to endorse. I've gotten a BetterHelp ad from almost every podcast I've listened to lately. (laughs) You hear them on Joe Rogan. Now they have a huge deal with Ariana Grande. Influencer and celebrity endorsements are not necessarily this crazy, innovative marketing tactic anymore. It's pretty commonplace, but the reason why this one works so well is because trust is essential when it comes to therapy. I don't know how many people would have trusted this platform if it did not use the identity and the trust built in with celebrity endorsements. It worked really, really well. Instead of promoting skincare, a thingamajig you don't need, or a beauty product, they were choosing to sell therapy. That's pretty great. It's a win-win. People need therapy. It's a positive thing to sell. And it's something where those celebrities can lie in bed and feel great that they provided more accessible mental health services to their following. They're really promoting something healthy here. So what went wrong? 
There were several things that went wrong very, very quickly for BetterHelp. So quick reminder, the three core brand values that made BetterHelp's market positioning so strong that it was cheaper, more accessible, and that it was faster. Get matched today. It's a super convenient form of therapy. A big problem people had was that it wasn't necessarily that much cheaper. People were signing up as a trial and then all of a sudden getting this huge increase in services that they didn't quite foresee. It ended up being quite similar in terms of the Zoom call, which is the main service offering. The second offering is that you get unlimited access to a chat box. And that was something that I think is a really unique, positive offering that BetterHelp has that really does differentiate them. However, the one Zoom call that you would get with your therapist was not, when it comes to the grand scheme of your overall reoccurring payments, the difference was not that much different than going through regular therapy. There were many, many reports of counselors simply not showing up. That should have been something that BetterHelp had in the bag, okay? And patients who wanted to do something about it, they had to do a lot. They had to call in, they had to send emails. It really wasn't a simple ordeal. There's even one really outspoken woman who said that her main issue that she came to therapy for was abandonment issues. And she was abandoned by her therapist. So like, this is not okay. This is not normal. People's health was at risk here. If the therapists are counselors did come on the call. There were many reports of therapists going through a drive-through, not turning their camera on, talking about themselves, and even making their dinner. So the vetting process and the training and the follow-up is something that BetterHelp just really didn't do. And honestly, in their terms of service, if you look further, they actually do acknowledge that they do not have responsibility for what your therapist does in the session. Customers are having a bad experience and they're not getting the service that they asked for. And the counselors are also getting screwed. The ones that are good are leaving. It was notorious online that the therapist wages were so, so low that it wasn't worth it. Many therapists were happy to make more money and set their own schedule without the app's support. I know it sounds bad, but there's actually a few more things. They hired actors under the guise of user testimonials. So they had people coming in, reading a script about how great the service was. And a few of them were just really bad. And they read some of the lines that they weren't supposed to read. They read like, read by Jake. I had a great time. I don't even know if BetterHelp reviewed these fake paid actor reviews. They were cringy and people noticed. So therapy is probably one of the most vulnerable things you can do. That's probably the last place where I want my data being recorded and sold to Facebook. But BetterHelp thought, why not cash in on our consumers' vulnerabilities? Allegedly. Allegedly, they did that. But if they did do this, that would directly go against HIPAA guidelines and... Yeah, it's just, it's not a good look. In their terms of service, they make it clear that these therapists cannot diagnose anything and that they can't prescribe anything. Prescribing is normal. That's something that a psychologist would be better suited for. However, this is concerning because there are a lot of user reviews online that are saying 
hey, I was diagnosed as bipolar, ADHD, blah, blah, blah. In BetterHelp's terms of services, they do say that they actually can't diagnose anything. None of the therapists can really say if you have a certain disorder or a certain problem, which is kind of odd because there are many, many reviews online saying that their therapist diagnosed them with ADHD, bipolar, et cetera, et cetera. BetterHelp claims that you'll get matched with a therapist today, and if you don't like your therapist, you can switch it. However, on the other side of the coin, many users were claiming that their therapist was just like switching on them with no warning, no hey, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore, no explanation. Users were just being swapped around therapist to therapist. There's a benefit from the one side, but from the other side, that really wasn't clear that therapists could just be switched and matched with like a random therapist later down the line. I'm sure there are more things to come out, but the final thing that I saw was that they were actually hijacking therapist websites. So they were going to directories of therapists and then advertising on those directories that if that person or that therapist wasn't available to try to check out BetterHelp because they could match you with the therapist that was right for you. And that kind of hijacking of therapists left a really bad taste in a lot of great therapists' mouth, which also caused several to leave. This takes us to the pivot point. BetterHelp must pivot or they're gonna die. How do we create a better, better help? In this case, we're thinking a whole rebrand, not just a little pivot, a bigger pivot. BetterHelp is almost using this like bait and switch tactic where they're promising one thing, delivering another. It's probably one of the worst places you can be in as a brand. There's no more trust. There's a bad reputation brewing. It's, it's safe to say that BetterHelp could use some positive PR. Let's ditch the brand promises that aren't really truthful and lean into the ones that are. Raise the salaries of your therapists and ditch the idea of cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. Get some really, really good therapists on your platform. Attract them with high salaries. Spend a bit more on the therapist than your marketing. You need to get the brand values and the actual service into alignment. This is the only way that your audience will gain trust. Right now, what brand values are really truly a bait and switch at the end of the day? I would say the cheaper brand value is one that is worth getting rid of. Cheaper as a major brand positioning point is a very, very difficult positioning to sustain. The market will shift. It's a race to the bottom at the end of the day. And right now, it's really, really causing better help to lose big time. My first recommendation would be to pay reputable therapists a lot of money to be on the site. Pay them a great salary and offer a competitive salary compared to other therapy clinics so that you're attracting the best of the best talent. With this, bring out a PR blast. Get these therapists talking about how convenient this platform is. Complement this with a beautiful rebrand as well. Get it less looking like an app a cheap, affordable app from like 2015, and let's upgrade it to something that's focusing more on the human experience, more on that connection, and giving a sense of elegance to the platform. A brand value that they could lean into 
is accessibility and convenience. BetterHelp has some really great benefits. The matching with your therapist, the ability to switch to another therapist, a huge cumbersome part of therapy is finding the right fit for you. I think they could lean into this as a big selling point so that you know when you're signing up with BetterHelp, you're accessing therapists from all across North America and whether you're in a rural location or maybe you're somebody that's on the go or you just can't find the time to squeeze in a trip to your therapist's office, this is a great solution for you. BetterHelp also has to clearly define what kind of influencers they want to partner with and what that influencer relationship looks like. The live chat feature is also something that BetterHelp could promote further. There's something really unique about that texting feature. Not every traditional therapist would offer this service. Having the ability to get your thoughts out when you're in the middle of a really challenging time or your emotions are heightened could be a really great insight and helpful tool for your therapist to further help you. Rather than marketing and having their brand positioned as a service that is better than therapy, I think it would be more honest and more helpful to say that BetterHelp is a great tool in addition to your traditional therapist or for those that are looking to maintain their mental health rather than anybody using this for something in crisis, unless they really, really vet their therapist and work out the kinks. I'm not sure why in their terms of service exactly they do say that they can't diagnose patients, but if this is just because of the type of therapist that they're hiring, that would be a great solution and something to promote and offer. However, if it's just a product of online therapy, then I would say they need to make this more clear and make their positioning a little bit more about that maintenance side of things. What can we take away from this situation? The first thing I'd recommend is don't scam your clients. Ooh, shocker. But it's true. We live in an internet age. When Kim Kardashian changes her hair color, we all know within the hour, people are going to know when your service is a bait and switch, low key scam. Have clear, uncompromising brand values. I would say that BetterHelp did have really clear brand values, but they weren't uncompromising. They were really using them as a marketing technique and not following through on them. This is kind of that whole lipstick on a pig scenario where it's like you can lure people in the door with great compelling marketing and branding, but if it's not reflecting the truth of the service that you're providing, then you're not gonna have a return customer. The goal should never be to get people in the door once, it should be to get people to come back. It takes years to build a reputation and minutes to destroy it. You gotta be careful with who you're partnering with when it comes to influencers. If you're starting a new brand, I'd honestly really recommend deeply vetting your influencers that you're partnering with. Don't look at those vanity metrics and really try to build a relationship with the influencer that you're partnering with. And rather than quantity, shoot for quality. Have your influencer or creator that you're partnering with or your celebrity that you're partnering with, have them try your service or product first. That's always a great way to ensure that the person who's repping your brand is going to say something that you're happy with. Have a conversation with them. Do they understand the value of your product? This is fair to both sides, and this goes for all you influencers listening as well. Don't take money just because it's exciting and you think it's great and it sounds great on the surface. Really do your research and think about who you're deciding to partner with, because 
both of you and your brands are at risk here. You need to make sure that your brands are in alignment and that your reputation won't be damaged from the brand you're partnering with as well. Marketing is so important when it comes to growth and it's a huge reason why BetterHelp did see success. However, it's important to not blow your marketing budget on influencers. I think right now BetterHelp is partnering with Ariana Grande and I can't imagine she was paid less than like $2 million, $10 million? I have no idea what insanity they paid for Ariana Grande, but that's a huge marketing budget. And I don't know exactly what number would make sense for BetterHelp, but in terms of the percentage and the portion of the money that they put towards marketing, they've really neglected their core service offering by underpaying their therapists. This is a misallocation, right? And as much as the marketing has worked and it's helped people sign up for better health, the service offering is really what's gonna make people stay. So you need to allocate accordingly. Everybody's percentage is different. There's no real magic rule, but it's definitely something to consider when you're entering a big brand relationship like Ariana Grande. Imagine how many therapists they could have hired with that money. There's different ways to approach marketing that are lean too. Like, you know, you could have Ariana Grande or you could have 200 lower level celebrities and influencers with a lot of trust and it could equate to the same amount. You could have maybe, instead of having 200 influencers, you could have cut that back to 100 and then brought on some amazing therapists. So you just have to be smart about your budget and as exciting as it is to grow really fast with amazing marketing, you have to think about slow and steady. The biggest crux here is the cheaper brand positioning. And I mentioned it earlier, but making your market positioning cheaper or the cheaper option or the affordable option is a really, really, really difficult positioning to sustain. Your business model has to add value in other ways other than cheaper. Not always, not always. I know some of you are gonna come for me and say like, no cheaper is definitely a market positioning and it's one that's worked for me forever. True, but I just wanna put it out there. If you're riding on that alone, it's really, really hard to sustain. If you have that plus a really clear brand and valuable market positioning through other aspects of your service or your product, then you're going to have a lot more success and you're going to be able to be a bit more flexible over time. The economy shifts like crazy. You gotta be prepared to pivot. Hard to pivot away from we're the cheapest. Just saying. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Pivot or Die. I wish you all of the success in your business this year and come tune in for another episode next week. Make sure to subscribe, follow, all of that fun stuff. And thanks again. We'll talk to you later.